We are in week two of a series entitled Let's Grow. Anyone, anyone like growth? Growth, growing in good things, hopefully. Um, yeah, so we're in week two, and we're just going to jump right into it. So I hope you have your Bibles ready. How was week one for you? Was week one solid? If you were here last week, good, good, good. And uh, did you come hungry for the word today? Are you hungry? Good, good. I got, I got a lot of feedback on that point last week. Um, and so, yeah, you know, few things, if I can speak from a personal standpoint, a uh, few things, uh, there have been a few things that have made the impact in my life that the local church has made. Um, it, w- it was in the local church where I, I grew as a young man, a boy into a man. It was within the local church that I found my wife. Um, now, she wasn't saved when I found her, but when, when, when we grew and as our relationship grew, she had given her life to Jesus and we were friends for about a year or so, and uh, at that point, I was pretty convinced uh, that she wasn't crazy anymore. Come on, wake up now. Get with me. Y'all looking at me like this. Um, y'all know I get very self-conscious, so smile, do something. There you go. Thank you, Rashawn. Um, yeah, it was within the local church that I, I learned about budgeting and, and how to budget finances and and, and just all these great things, the local church has been um, key. And I know within my personal growth in my life and in my journey. And I think that if you're going to grow in your faith, you're going to grow in the things of God. And if you're taking notes today, I'll probably say that another three or four times. Um, you need to be rooted in a local church. You got to be rooted in a local church. And if you if you'd allow me about seven to eight minutes to give you a biblical uh, theological breakdown of the church, I think it would it would be advantageous to uh, to what we're gonna to what we're gonna get into here today. And so um, the the church it it goes back to Genesis actually, and maybe if you're new to church, all this language is new to you. If you've been in church, maybe you've never seen it this way. But it goes back to the book of Genesis uh, with Jacob. Jacob was um, one, of, one of the patriarchs of, of our faith. He was the son of Isaac. And uh, Jacob had 12 sons. Jacob's 12 sons would become the nation of Israel, the nation of Israel. Those 12 sons would become the, the patriarchs of the nation. And uh, eventually Israel would move to Egypt because uh, there was a famine in, in their land. So they had to move to Egypt, and Jacob's 12 sons settled in Egypt, and they ended up settling for 400 years. They became slaves to the Egyptians. And so God raises up a deliverer. His name is Moses. You'll find Moses in the book of Exodus. And they go from slavery to free people. And so you have this nation of 2 million people that come from 12 men that is uh, circling the wilderness for 40 years. God raises up a leader whose name is Joshua. Joshua leads those people, the nation of Israel, God's people, because God has always had a people and a place. That's why I wanted to go. Okay, I'm warming up. God has always had a people and a place. And so God took 
uh, the nation of Israel from the world, from Egypt, from the wilderness into the promised land. And so um, he instructed Moses to build a place. Uh, if you're taking notes, it's called the tabernacle. The tab- tabernacle was a, a temporary tent where the people of God would come and gather to worship and have an encounter with God. So the people had a place, a tabernacle. And so a few years passes by, a few uh, centuries, and a young man named David becomes king. Um, David has a vision to start or to build a temple, a permanent place for the people of God to, to worship, a temple. David doesn't build the temple. His son Solomon builds the temple. And so um, all of the nation comes to Jerusalem at least three times a year to gather and to worship God at the temple. After the the temple is erected and constructed, stick with me now. This is, like I said, it's going to be valuable. Y'all looking around. Y'all looking around. You here? You with me. You're a med student. I know you're with me. I'm going to do a series on focus because, you know, squirrel. Just, just, you you know, so you with me. I'm with you then. All right, cool. All right, y'all with me? All right, my girl back here with me too. So I got about two or three people. All right, got some people eating. You with Bree with me. All right, this is an intimate crowd. Ogechi back there laughing and smiling. I don't know if she's listening. She making me feel. But anyway, okay, we back. We back. We back. All right, cool. Sorry. I'll be more dignified at the 11. So be more people. Anyway, so what was, what was I talking about? The, the temple. Yes. All right, so the temple is constructed and uh, because the nation of Israel is all across Israel, uh, there are local houses of worship that are being built called synagogues. Synagogues are being built. And so this is from Genesis to Malachi. Um, tabernacle, temple, synagogues. People are gathering and they're coming together to worship God, to encourage each other. You enter into the New Testament, Matthew and to Revelation. Jesus comes on the scene. And he coins this term, the church. He coins this term, the church. And we can find it in Matthew 16, verse 13. It says this here. It says, when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? Like, what, what's, what's going on out there? What are they saying about me? They replied, verse 14, well, some say John the Baptist. Some say Elijah. Elijah was a powerful prophet in the Old Testament. John the Baptist actually came in the spirit of Elijah. This is just so good because it's types and shadows. Uh, Elijah actually commissioned a prophet named Elisha who came in the spirit of grace like Jesus. So John the Baptist baptized Jesus. And I mean, John was aggressive and he's baptizing people. Repent, repent. Somewhat like how Elijah's ministry was in the Old Testament. I mean, Elijah would kill false prophets, but Elisha stepped on the scene with grace. And he had a double portion anointing on his life. He had double portion of the anointing that Elijah had. That's just, we'll do a series one day called Types and Shadows about how you can see the church and Jesus in the Old Testament and all that stuff. But that's for some other time. So they thought... It said, uh, John the Baptist, your older cousin who baptized you, Elijah. Others say Jeremiah. And others say one of the other prophets. Then he asked them, but who do you say I am? You're my followers. Who do, who do you say I am? Who, who, who's Jesus to you? 
And that's why I love the song we just worshiped to, Jesus, we love you, our affection, our devotion, poured out on the feet of Jesus. Jesus is Lord, and he is Savior, and he is the greatest, and he is who we serve. He is who we, we live for. He is, he is who we are blessed by. He is who we are commissioned by to step into purpose and to change the world. Jesus, we love you. He is the one who gives us our breath and our strength and our ability. He is, come on, you can praise Jesus for that. He's Jesus. So Simon Peter says this, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. And Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of John, because my father in heaven has revealed this to you. You didn't get that revelation from a human. God revealed it to you that I am the way, the truth, and the life. It came from God, and he said, blessed, favored are you, Simon Peter. You didn't get it from a building. You didn't get it from a program or a religion. God himself spoke to you, and he says this here, verse 18, now I say that you are Peter, which means rock, and upon this rock, here it is, I will build my church, and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. I will build my church. That word there that Jesus used is it, it, it means that Jesus is actually using his hands to build and to construct and to encourage and to strengthen the church. And he's been doing it for 2,000 years. He's, he's building his church. He's erecting it. He's, he's making it, 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 it bigger. He's, he's building his church. He's giving it strength and he's giving it wisdom and he's giving it supernatural power. And so if I am Satan, I'd attack the church. If I am Satan, I'd try to keep you from a healthy church. If I am Satan, I'd say, no, just go to a Bible study. Don't serve. I'd say, no, just, just become knowledge and head and know it, but don't live it. I'd say, um, uh, 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 bash the church and cast it down and, 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 and do all these things to the church. But for God's sake, don't, don't. Don't get involved in the church. If I'm Satan, Jesus said, I will build my church. And so he coins this term in the Greek, ekklesia. If you're taking notes, E-K-K-L-E-S-I-A, ekklesia. And it means called out ones who gather in the name of Jesus. You've been called out of the world to gather in the name of Jesus. The first time ever. And um, I want to give you a few things. The church is God's strategy for, number one, to advance the gospel message. The gospel, that word means good news. So God loves you. There's no beef. You are forgiven. He has a plan. He has a purpose. So number one, the church is God's strategy to advance the gospel. Number two, it is God's strategy to redeem the heart of man. The Bible says that the heart is wicked above all things. Who can trust it? 
So the, these quotes out here, I'm, I'm worldly quotes get under my skin. Like, yeah, trust your heart. Don't trust your heart. <laughs> Don't trust it. You should just trust your heart. No. No, don't trust your heart. God says that your heart is actually wicked and deceitful above all things. Who can trust it? <laughs> and so there's this the worldly word. We talked about being rooted in the word last Sunday. Being rooted in the word. Don't be rooted in your cousin telling you to trust your heart. All right, so okay. So it's to redeem the heart of man. So the, 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 the church. And then number three. It's God's biblical strategy, the local church, to transform society. If you want to see a nation transformed or a neighborhood or a school or a people or a family, come to church. Come to church. And so why does the church gather? I'm in teaching mode for the next few weeks, so just kind of bear with me. Uh, number one, why do we gather? What is the purpose of the church? Number one, when we come together, we worship. We worship, we glorify, and we magnify the name of Jesus. We put him in the proper place. You, you are number one. You are the center. We come together to worship. Number two, we come together to fellowship. That word is going to be key at the end of today's message, fellowship. The Greek term is koinonia. You work that out, koinonia. And it means that when we come together, we come together to share. And to encourage and to pray. So please, I know you're the first service, but don't rush out of here today. Get to know someone. Give someone a hug. You need it more than they do. They need it more than you do. We're all going through something. So to fellowship. And number three, to get under the instruction of the word of God. It is our authority. It is the thing that we, we believe in and we submit to and we live by. And so last week, it taught us that when we meditate on it day and night, that we grow and we prosper to get under the instruction of the word. I think part of my calling as a pastor is also to be an advocate for the local church. And, you know, I know, like, throughout history, I mean, 2,000 years, the church has not been um, the best at being good, uh, from money laundering to abuse towards women, men, and children. The church has done some crazy things. And, and for those of you who have been to different churches over the process of time, I know that you have uh, had church hurt. It's inevitable to, to not have a little church hurt, for the pastor to not see your potential, or for someone to have said something or to have done something. Um, the church is not by, by a long shot, it's not perfect, right? And so, as a matter of fact, I like to say it this way. If there is a perfect local church, as soon as you stepped into it, it became imperfect. Be because we're flawed. As soon as I grabbed the mic, this became an imperfect message. Because now God has to work through me and my personality and what he wants me to say. So you might get about 70% God, 30% me. Right? But he chooses to work through man. Right? So... It's like, man, they didn't smile at me when I walked by. Did you smile at them? <laughs> A person let my kid slip in kids' ministry. 
it, it's imperfect, right? And, and so what I want to encourage you with is, is the Bible encourages us to not throw the baby out with the bathwater. Um, this church is not like that church. That church is not like this church. That leadership team is not like this leadership team, vice versa. You're going to get hurt wherever you go. That's a part of life, right? So we, I think, and I think the problem is, is we have a problem reconciling a perfect, mighty, affection, pouring out our affection to a perfect Jesus. But when we come to the church of Jesus, it's like, how do we reconcile this loving God with these broken, messed up people? Well, that's the point. Jesus died for these people. And if we can just all agree, we are all a mess. We are all in need of forgiveness. We are all in need of grace and mercy. And he's put us together. So let's work this thing out. And, and so I think it's key to understand, like, today's message is entitled Being Rooted in Healthy Soil. God wants you to be rooted in healthy soil. I love this. This is beautiful. You like it? Good, good. They say that like uh, when, when you go to plant a seed, you want to dig up and till the first layer of ground. And they say about 30% of, of that first layer is a, is a mixture composite of different ingredients of soil and fertilizer. So it's not just one thing. And I think the goal is not as much to look for the perfect local church because Jesus said, I will build my church. If you're a follower of Christ, if you're going to grow in your faith, yeah. if you're going to succeed, if you're going to have peace, if you're going to have joy, you got to get rooted. And so the goal is not to look for a church that's perfect, uh, a pastor that's not going to offend you, leaders that won't hurt you. The goal is to look for the right mixture of a healthy church. And what I want to do today is I want to give you uh, five different ingredients of healthy soil, of a healthy church, and what it looks like to be rooted, rooted, rooted. Like, like today, today's a good turnout, but what today shows me is, is that we have a problem with being rooted. I'll, I'll get into that later. We have an issue with being rooted. I just, I want to, I want to share this with you. I don't believe, uh, I don't believe Eve, essentially, when, when she fell with the original sin in Adam, I, I don't believe it was a lack of, uh, I don't believe it was sin or that they didn't trust God. I believe they were distracted. And so the distraction caused them not to be rooted where God had them. Don't bite that fruit. Be rooted here. This is where the blessing is. Don't partake in that lie. Be rooted here. This is where the blessing is. And we have so many, our schedules have no margin anymore. Um, it's, it's why in our home, our, our, our kid plays one sport. One sport. But I'm meeting these parents, man, and it's like, well, they got baseball right now. And they're going on to track. And after track, they got volleyball. And after volleyball, they got basketball. I'm like, all in one day? And what does that do with the parents? No roots, no roots, no roots, no roots, no roots, no roots, no roots. And, and for, for us, we, we've just been saying, like, we refuse to idolize sports 
We refuse to idolize success when we're succeeding. <laughs> they were already succeeding. We refuse to idolize these things at the expense of our relationship with God and the church that he's building. That's the culture we're currently in. We're in a culture of distraction when God has called us to be rooted. So five different ingredients of if you're looking for a healthy church or maybe you're already rooted and you're just visiting, but I just want to bless you with this. Maybe you're part of Highlight, you're not, but I want to give you something to look for in a healthy local church. Number one is vision. And all of these will be qualified by statements that Jesus himself made. And Jesus said this in John 14, I tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works. You see that? Vision. Because I am going to be with the Father. I'm going back to heaven. I'm here for three more years and I'm going to be with the Father. Greater. That word there, greater, is quantity. Not quality. So, so the church, the New Testament church, they rose the dead, they healed the sick, they healed the blind, but they did more of it than, than Jesus ever did in his body. And what he's saying is, is that the things I'm doing here, you're going to do in the DMV. You're going to do in Florida. You're going to do in the technology industry, the science industry, the finance industry. You're going to do as an entrepreneur. You're going to do in healthcare. You're going to do more and greater. What was Jesus doing? He was, he was casting vision. So any local church that you become a part of needs to have vision. They have to have vision. Uh, we moved here with nine adults and two boys set on vision. And it's the reason why within two years, there are hundreds of people that now call Highlight Church home. That, that's why within, within two years, it, it's been vision. And we even have more vision, 20 locations by 2040. Because we have work to do. I know I was hurting at a certain point in my life, and I still do. I was struggling, I was addicted, broken, insecure, needing a home. Thank God that in 2006, God sent a pastor to Tallahassee who had a vision. That vision involved my life being changed. 20 locations by 2040. The, the vision, over, over, over 10,000 people, me, personal vision for, for this church, over 10,000 people by the time I'm 50 across the DMV. This right here where we are today is just a seed of tomorrow. So when you become a part of a local church, become a part of something greater. Where are they going? Where are we going in a year or two? By 2023, we're going to launch two more locations. We're going to launch a location in January 2023 and in fall 2023. We're going to two cities in the same year. That's what we're working towards. It has to be vision, greater works, greater works. And he's talking to a group, not an individual. So we take these verses in context and we apply it to our lives. When this verse does not apply to your life, it applies to the local church. And so part of what it is when you're rooted in soil and, 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 and you know, that, that seed breaks and it begins to take root in soil, what happens is, is, is that what is in the soil gets on the inside of you. So the reason it's so important to find these ingredients in the church is because whatever you surround yourself around gets on the inside of you. Vision. Vision. Long vision. I mean, it's only 2019. 
Pastor, you're talking about 20 years. Why? Because I'm rooted. I'm rooted. I was out walking Nemo last night, our, our Yorkie. <laughs> and, I mean, it was like 73 outside. Nice breeze. And I just felt like praying. I started praying, and I don't know, it was the Holy Spirit. It really wasn't my words. I just, God, I'm here as long as you need me to be here. I'm going to die here. And, and when you tell God, like, Lord, I'm committed, that makes it easy for him to find you. Aside from the church, aside from church and life, period. It's like I'm looking for someone, but we're like. Is it? Be rooted. And beyond just being rooted physically, be rooted here and here. I'm, I'm here. I'm, I'm dying with her. We will have a good, nice home for our grandchildren and our great-grandchildren. And if God blesses me, our great-great-grandchildren, because we're rooted. The church is called to be rooted. The second ingredient is life change. Local church should have life change. I tell you this, if two of you agree here on earth concerning anything you ask, my Father in heaven will do it for you. For where two or three gather together, as my followers, I am there among them. So what he's saying is ask for anything. Healing, breakthrough, power, clarity, relationships. When you come together, we, we, we pray, we fellowship I remember last year, a couple who still attends the church, uh, we were in Redland Middle School because it was the summer, and we're going back there this summer uh, starting next month. We'll be at Redland Middle School from June to, uh, to August. They pulled us in a, in a side room after service, and we had been praying with them for months about conceiving. They had been trying to conceive a baby. And they pulled us in that room, and they're like, we got to tell you something, Pastor Pastor Josh, Pastor Kyra, you guys are the first ones to know. We haven't told our parents, our best friends. You guys are the first ones to know. We're pregnant. We're pregnant. And we have been praying for, for months for that miracle, for that transformation, for that life change. And we received the honor of being the first ones to know. We received the honor of being, being the first ones to know. And, and that baby is, is here today, healthy life change and, and we've over six months have five marriages have come out of highlight church's house five men what, what, what's that that's i like you you like me you serve jesus i serve jesus let's do this thing together the, the home was the first thing that that god ordained the marriage was the first institution that he created marriage government in the church being rooted, so you should get life change, life change. Over 160 decisions for Jesus in two years, over 60 baptisms in two years. Hell is less full, heaven is more full, 
life change. There should be miracles and life change if you're going to find a local church in the soil of it. The third thing you should look for is next steps. Next steps. After you give your life to Jesus, does that church have a next step for you to grow in your faith? Jesus said this in Matthew 28, 18 through 20, the message. Jesus, undeterred, went right ahead and gave his charge. God authorized, this is Jesus talking, God authorized and commanded me to commission you. Go out and train everyone you meet far and near in this way of life. Before we were called Christians, our faith was called the way. And, and the term Christian was actually, uh, it was a, they were picking on him. They were saying little Christ. It was a demeaning term. It was called the way. And so he says this, train them in this way of life, marking them by baptism in the threefold name, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Then instruct them in the presence of all I have commanded you. Instruct them, train them, raise them up. What, what are their next steps when they come to me? What, what, how are they going to find purpose? How are they going to make a difference? How are they going to grow in their faith? I'll be with you as you do this. He'll be in the church as that local church provides that next step for those individuals day after day right up to the end of the age. Any local church that you're going to be rooted in, they should have next steps. For us here, it's first steps. If you come to Christ, we want to teach you how to read your Bible, how to pray. How to, what is prayer? What is baptism? What is fasting? It's these first steps that you have to take in order to, to find your foundation for growth. First steps. And then we have super steps. You want to step into making a difference, growing in your spiritual gifts, purpose, changing lives. And the thing I love about the churches is that what you learn on a Sunday or what you do on a Sunday, it rolls right over Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. It rolls over into your home. It rolls over into your work ethic. It rolls over into your workplace. The church is, is the foundation. It's the center. It's the core. So a healthy church that you're going to get rooted in, it needs to have a culture of next steps. How do I serve here? What's the vision here? What is your doctrine? What do you believe about heaven and hell and, and baptism, because I was raised this way. I wasn't raised in the church. I was an atheist. I'm agnostic. What, what are these things that this local church believes in, and what is my next step? I'm interested. So if you're looking for a healthy church, they need to have next steps. We have this thing that we do called T3 every summer. T3 every summer. It's when our team leaders and our directional team, we take high-capacity volunteers and superheroes, and we pour into them for three months straight, very intentional, meeting one-on-one -on -one or two-on-one, -on -one, and we just pour into you. Spiritual development, leadership development, visionary development. Everyone in this room has the ability to have a vision for your life. And so a leader takes you one week, two week, three week, four week, five week, and we're saying be, be rooted for the summer. Yeah, have a week vacation, but come on back home because we got some growth. We have a process. We want to see you flourish by the fall time, and we take you one-on-one, -on -one and we just, this is the Holy Spirit. This is the Word of God. This is who Jesus is. These are the promises of God. This is where you can be. This is how you lead people. This is how you budget your time. This is how you get a vision. This is how you own a vision. This is how you communicate vision. It's a next step. I, I like to call it the Navy SEAL team of the summer. 
And for us as, as a local church, it's developing that next layer of leadership. So you have a general, yeah, I want to be a volunteer. Great, serve. Then we're looking at, are they giving? Are they inviting? And are they involved? Great, they're perfect for development. And, you know, rolls over, like I said, you get promoted at work. And you discover, oh, I don't want to be a, a scientist. I want to be an entrepreneur. I want to be an engineer. And it's all started within the local church. Right now, we're so unrooted to where we're trying to discover what do we want to do. And in the process of working on jobs that we don't want to be at, it's only because we haven't gotten to the local church. So God can talk to us through people. God works through people. You see Jesus here. Jesus, God in a bot. He said, I'm out of here. He said, you people instruct and train these people. Next steps of growth. Next steps of growth. Another ingredient is healthy relationships. Healthy people. All organizations and churches have their degree of messiness. I think we've already talked about that. But Jesus said this, John 13, he said, so now I am giving you a new commandment. Love each other just as I have loved you. You should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. I love it here. We, uh, a, a, a local church should have a groups culture where we meet on Sunday for the Super Bowl but we break out into smaller groups throughout the week. So we learn in rows, but we grow in circles. You're not growing here. This is inspiration, information, truth. You worship here, but you, you grow in circles. I, I grow when I can tell you something that I'm struggling with. I'm addicted to this. Um, um, can you pray for me here? I don't understand this in the scripture. Can you help me break it down? So healthy relationships. There are people across the thousands of churches in the world, healthy people. I, I, I'm currently being mentored and pastored by a number of pastors who have um, uh, just very healthy people in their churches. Some of the most influential people in the state of Virginia and North Carolina, the people who pour into my process, attend my pastor's churches. And, and, and not only are they judges throughout the week, but they have their own small groups. <laughs> when did you get time for that? <laughs> not only are they surgeons throughout the week, but they have their own small groups. Not only do they have million-dollar corporations, but they have their own small groups because they're rooted in a local church. And I just don't get the time we're in. I, I don't have time for that. I'm working. Well, change your work schedule. <laughs> come on now. Come on, come on. If we can quit and move to Maryland, y'all ain't, ain't with me today. Y'all ain't with me. Because do you want to grow? Do you want to grow? And so this is, the, this is the principle here. I'm not going to fit God in. I'm going to fit work in. I'm going to fit working out in. I'm going to fit my diet in. I'm going to fit my school in. God comes first. His Y'all don't want to talk about this. His church comes first. Not this, not that, not this. 
what God is doing comes first. And I'm telling you, I see it. It's out there. I know busier people than me, than you, that prioritize relationships, the relationships that Jesus is building over their career. But they're still in their career, killing it. It's because we all have the same amount of time. I can't come to church today. I, I got to go uh, to, to the beach. Beach ain't going nowhere. This is when we get smaller as a church. I want to grow 10,000 people. I want to grow with the right people. It's all good. You know, grateful for y'all generosity. The bills are paid. We can close this down for an entire year. We'll be fine. So this, the reason I can preach truth is because we have no worries. I want you to grow. <laughs> Jesus, where you going? Like, we hungry. You got to read the story. I mean, they were doing a long day of ministry, and um, disciples got hungry. And Jesus went through Samaria, a place where Jew, Jewish people did not go. Because Samaritans were considered half-breeds. They, they didn't even talk to Samaritans. Like, Jewish people, they're filthy. They're half-breeds. They said, well, we're going to go and eat lunch. Jesus is like, all right, I got work to do. I have food that you know not of. And we, um, we say, you know, like, I tried the church thing. I got hurt. I don't want to minimize that. I don't. It sucks. I've gotten hurt. I've been a part of. Oh, man, this is good. This is I didn't even prepare this part, but this is Holy Spirit. I've been a part of three local churches over the past 13 years. And I've been hurt badly by all three. But that hurt was never the reason for starting Highlight. I've been hurt here. <laughs> My own church. Jesus Christ. I'm like, I moved here for you. I love you. I'm serving you. Like, I left my mom and my dying dad for you, and you're hurting me. Oh, I'm bleeding. Irrelevant. Because my allegiance is to him. And I serve him. And I love you. And there are healthy people here. I don't remember my point. There are healthy people here. That's the, I got to give you this because it's so good. And we run out of time. Um, you need to look for a church that has local and regional impact. I love this. Luke 9, 1 through 2. One day Jesus called together his 12 disciples and gave them power and authority to cast out all demons and to heal all diseases. Then he sent them out to tell everyone about the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. Skip down to verse 6. So they began their circuit of the villages, preaching the good news and healing the sick. Local and regional impact. Um, I love it. Our, our church has partnered with FSI 
the largest outreach organization in the county, and they gave us what is called the Community Partner Award last year, and then this year the county, uh, Montgomery County, awarded Highlight Church for our service um, to those who struggle with mental illness. I mean, two years old, and just at two years, we've given as a church over $50,000 to outreach. We can celebrate that. Moving, moving beyond the four walls. Look, look for a church that's doing something in the city, in the region. You're talking 20 locations across the DMV. We're going to be hitting Pennsylvania and Delaware and Carolinas. Like We're going to be doing work, millions of dollars of outreach and hours of volunteering. We're going to be doing work, and you need to look for a church that's doing that. My encouragement to you is to get rooted. Come on and close me out. Get rooted in a healthy local church. Even if it's not highlight, just my heart is for you to be rooted. And some of us need to stay rooted. Psalm 92 says this, the man who is right and good will grow like the palm tree. He will grow like a tall tree in Lebanon planted in the house of the Lord. They will grow well in the home of our God. They will still give fruit when they are old. They will be full of life and strength. Being rooted. Being rooted. This is just an introduction to next week. We're going to talk about what it looks like to prioritize the house of God. What it looks like to make church a non-negotiable. Being rooted. They will grow. I love this story. I've shared it before, but uh, John D. Rockefeller is the richest American ever. He had a net worth of $340 billion. That's three times as much as Jeff Bezos, the founder of Amazon, who is now the richest man in the world. Richest American ever lived, John Rockefeller. At one point, he owned 90% of the oil industry. But above all, he was regarded not for his business expertise, not for his leadership, not for his influence, not for his money, not for the almost $2 billion that he gave to the church and to other charitable organizations. He was regarded for his faith in Jesus. And it says this here regarding his faith. Rockefeller would read the Bible daily, attend prayer meetings twice a week, and even lead his own Bible study with his wife every week for 70 years. He tithed, he rested, and he gave much of his money to the local church and to charity. Simply put, he was rooted in the word, he was rooted in healthy soil, and he loved Jesus. Not to say that money is everything, but there has to be a correlation there to the blessing of God and effectiveness and fulfillment and growth. There has to be something there. And that's what I was talking about earlier with super successful people who prioritize growth, who prioritize 
the church, because this is the fact. If you would build God's house, God will build your house. It's, it's just that easy. It's just that easy. And Rockefeller said this, there's nothing in this world that can compare with the Christian fellowship. The richest man in American history. So what's your next step? Let's give the word of God a hand clap of praise. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We honor you. We thank you, God. And with every head bowed, if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I want to introduce him to you and give you an opportunity to respond by faith. God loves you. You are forgiven. And he's calling you to him. If you've never given the Lord your heart, today is your day. So just on the count of three, if you're coming to Jesus for a new start, for a new beginning, just want you to raise your hand with every head bowed. I will acknowledge your faith. We'll do it together. Then we're going to pray. So on the count of three, if you're coming to Christ, new start, new beginnings, salvation, go ahead and raise that hand. One, two, three. God bless you. God bless you. Come on, church, let's celebrate. Salvation reigns in this place. Hallelujah. We got to, let's pray together as a church. Father, we love you. Repeat after, this after me. Father, we love you. I believe that Jesus is the son of God. Fill my heart. Give me a new beginning. I repent of my sin. I am yours. In Jesus' name, amen. I love you, church. Thank you so much. Come on, let's celebrate.